Let's pray. Father God, we love your word and we love you and we thank you for letting us study it. Bless us, Lord, as we look at your word tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus 16. All right, so <coughs> verse 1, they journeyed from Elim. You can't stay there. You're the people of God. You did a lot of stuff. You did some complaining along the way. And you get to go to Elam, where there's a lot of fountains and date palm trees, but you can't stay there. I've been to Elam several times, and God wouldn't let me stay there. I've been to a couple of Elam's. Elam wouldn't let me stay there. <laughs> no. Uh, but they journeyed from Elim. And the entire congregation of the sons of Israel came to the desert of Sin. Zin, Zin. Which is between Elim and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt. So they have to keep moving. The entire congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled or complained against Moses and against Aaron in the desert. Sons of Israel said to them, If only we had died by the hand of Yahweh in the land of Egypt, when we sat by pots of meat, when we ate bread to our fill. For you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire congregation to death. Now, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to say in verse 3 that these sons of Israel must have been reporters for CNN, right? <laughs> That's not how I read it when I was from chapter 1 through chapter 15. It didn't look like the life was that good, right? Uh, oh, if only we were back in Egypt getting killed and... And, and getting slapped with a bullwhip all the time. That's what we miss, getting, getting crushed by them big stones. Not long. Not, not long. Um, they said their second month. Yeah, second month. Yeah. It's the second month. It's a good point. Um, but <laughs> that's, people just don't remember, do they? I mean... And so many of us are the same way. How many times has God gotten us out of a mess and we get complaining as soon as we get out of that mess because we wish we was back in the mess? I don't know. People are just funny. Me and Art Linkletter, we agree on that. People are funny. Um, so, they, now so who are they going to complain against? Moses and, and Aaron. If only Yahweh would just have killed us in the land of Egypt, at least we'd have had a hamburger in our hands when we died. <laughs> but you, you've brought us into this desert. <laughs> and it wasn't Moses. Moses was being directed by God. It was God who did this for them. Well, verse 4. So Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, I'm going to rain down for you bread from heaven. 
And the people shall go out and gather what a certain quota every day so that I can test them whether or not they will walk in my law. And it shall be on the sixth day that when they prepare what they will bring, it will be double of what they gather every day. Now, they, okay, they don't have a law yet, right? They do not have the law. They don't have the Ten Commandments. They don't, but they're going to get little pieces of it even before they get to Sinai. And, and you know, so, so God says, <laughs> so, this, is, this is, I like this. This is his first test. My first test is for me to see if you can take a day off and rest and not say anything about it. That seemed easy enough. Just stay in bed if you want to. Gather twice as much manna and stuff that you need on Saturday and just stay in bed on Sunday. Don't do nothing. Relax. Have some, have some manna. Roll over and have a little quail meat, some quail salad. And then just roll back over and go back to sleep. That's, that's an easy test. Do you think Israel passes this test? <laughs> all right, so here it goes. Thereupon Moses and Aaron said to all the sons of Israel, In the evening you shall know that Yahweh brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of Yahweh, for he hears your complaints <coughs> against Yahweh. But of what significance are we that you make the people complain against us? <laughs> Poor old Moses. <laughs> what did I do? Right? Yahweh, Yahweh hears your complaints against Yahweh. I kind of be careful. If I had just seen a whole ocean fall down on, a, on an army... I, I, and, and a pillar of fire swinging around and protecting me and all this. I think I'd think a little long and hard about this, but they didn't. Uh, Yahweh brought you out of Egypt. Who are we? Of what significance are we that you complain against us? See, I know this feeling. Moses is one of those guys that can be in a dark room by himself, standing in the corner, not saying a word, and somebody's getting mad at him. Huh? He's 80. He may be 81 by this time. I don't know. I don't know when his birthday was. <laughs> See what you got to look forward to? Yeah, well, just... Yeah. At least he didn't have bad knees and he could walk all that way. <laughs> Why? How, how important are we that, that you would do this to us? And Moses said, When Yahweh gives you in the evening meat to eat and bread in the morning with which to become full, for Yahweh hears your complaining which you make against him, but of what significance are we? Not against us are your complaints, but against Yahweh. In other words, when you, when you say all these bad things, you're fussing and complaining against God. Moses said to Aaron, Say to the entire congregation of the sons of Israel, Draw near before Yahweh, for he has heard your complaints. Now, how would you take that? 
you know. Well, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll just stand back here. He's heard your complaining. It came to pass when Aaron spoke to the entire congregation, the sons of Israel, that they looked toward the desert. Behold, the glory of Yahweh appeared in the cloud. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, I heard the complaints of the sons of Israel. Speak to them and say this, at twilight you will eat meat and in the morning you'll be full with bread and you will know that I am Yahweh, your God, the Lord, your God. You will know. Now, how many times he said that to them? Several. And you'll know that I'm the Lord, your God. Um, well, it speaks for itself, I guess. It came to pass in the evening that the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. I mean, you just walk out and start picking up birds. When the layer of dew was filled, there was on the surface of the desert a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. More than they needed, might, might I say, because they were warned not to get more than they needed. Obviously, there was an overabundant supply of this stuff. When the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, now, it can either be a question or it can be a, an exclamation here in the Hebrew text because man, man, ha, manna, is the same thing as asking the question, what is this or this is something, you know. So they, when they saw it, they said, it's manna or what is this? Because they didn't know what it was. So when you read the next phrase, you see that the question, to translate it with the question is probably more proper. What is this? They didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread that Yahweh has given you for food. Now remember that supply never fails. You know, Christ talked about himself as the bread of life and that uh, not as the fathers ate and died, he who eats this bread will live forever, Christ said. What is this? It's the bread, whoops, it's the bread that Yahweh has given you for food. This is the thing Yahweh has commanded. Gather of it each one according to his need, an omer for each person, according to the number of persons, each one for those in his tent you shall take. And the sons of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. They measured it with an omer, and whoever gathered much had none left over. Whoever gathered little had no slack. Each one according to his need, they gathered. <coughs> Moses said to them, I, like, I don't like this part, but it is funny. Moses said to them, it's kind of like talking to your child and they don't pay any attention. It's just like you said nothing. <laughs> Moses said to them, let no one leave over any of it until morning. Don't get more than you need. 
But some men didn't heed Moses and left over some of it until morning. And it bred worms and became putrid. And Moses became angry with them. <laughs> that didn't taste too good, did it? They gathered it morning by morning, each one according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. Look, what is the testing here? They got to depend on God. Not on themselves. Day by day. God said, I'm going to do this for you every day. Well, they're going to have to just believe that. They, they can't just overindulge according to the way they want to do it. They're going to have to do it a day at a time, trusting that God will sustain them like he said he would. Some of them didn't believe it. And look what happened to it. So they started gathering each corner's need every morning. But when the sun became hot, it melted. It came to pass on the sixth day that they gathered a double portion of bread, two omers for each one. And all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. All the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. So he said to them, that is what Yahweh spoke. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to Yahweh. Now, they hadn't really practiced this like, like this to this point. But this is, this is baby step number one to the law of God. Baby step number one, a rest to the Lord. You're going to get to rest and not do a thing. You're not going to have to walk anywhere. You're not going to have to cook anything. You're not even going to have to make your bed. Just enjoy the Lord. A rest to the Lord. Holy Sabbath to Yahweh. Bake whatever you wish to bake. Boil whatever you wish to boil. And all that remains, lay up for yourselves to keep until morning. In other words, the rule of spoilage is laid aside for the day of the Sabbath. You can lay aside because you're not going to be able to go out and gather anything on the Sabbath. God will make sure that everything, yourselves, I've spelled that wrong, your slaves. <coughs> Boy, I get so fast on that thing sometimes. Um, to keep until morning. So they left it over until morning as Moses had commanded. It did not become putrid and there wasn't a worm in it. Moses said, eat it today. For today is a Sabbath to Yahweh. Today you will not find it in the field. You won't be able to go out and gather it because it's not going to be there. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, on it there will be none. On that day there will be none. It came about that on the seventh day some of the people went out to gather. There they go again. <laughs> went out to gather manna, but they didn't find any. These were the people who weren't following a strict diet. They just felt like they could have a little extra. <laughs> this is... God says, I'm going to test them to see if they can follow my law. There's going to be a day where you don't do nothing. I could follow that rule. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That is one rule I could follow. <laughs> Your food's already there for you. Just eat it and don't do nothing. <laughs> why, why couldn't they do that? 
I could especially follow the other one. Don't even get out and do any work. <laughs> Everything's there for you. But these people, what? You ever known people like that? They just can't sit still? I don't know. These people, the deal was they just didn't trust Yahweh. Didn't trust him. I got to do it myself. I got to see this for myself. Well, what did they find? They found nothing. And Yahweh said to Moses, how long will you refuse to observe my commandments and my law? Now, Moses hasn't gone up to the top of Sinai yet, right? One little law here, the easiest one of all. See, for Yahweh has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Let each man remain in his place. Let no man leave his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now, this was a day holy to the Lord. The house of Israel named it manna. It was like coriander seed. It was white. It tasted like a wafer with honey. Uh, vanilla wafers. Uh, a wafer with honey. Quail at night. And honey wafers for breakfast. Now, they didn't eat lunch. I guess it didn't sit well with them doing all that walking through the desert. Moses said, this is the thing that y'all commanded. Let one, whoops, let one omerful or omer of it be preserved for your generations in order that they see the bread that I fed you in the desert when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. So they're to put some and that was in the Ark of the Covenant. Moses said to Aaron, Take one pot and put, it, put in it an omer of manna and deposit it before Yahweh to be preserved for your generations. As Yahweh had commanded Moses, Aaron deposited it before the testimony to be preserved. Now you see this thing doesn't all just happen at once. This is a, this is a process, this is a series of development. Uh, the, what's going to happen. And of course the, the, the law gets placed in the ark and then there's instructions on how to build the ark later. Deposited it before the testimony to be preserved and the sons of Israel ate the manna for 40 years until they came to an inhabited land. Now I like honey and I like wafers. I could live on that, but maybe for a year or two. I don't know. I, I guess I like quail. Seems like I had quail once. But that 40 years was punishment. It was punishment, yeah. Eat it. <laughs> Eat it. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now here's the most important verse in the whole chapter. An omer is one-tenth of an ephah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was wondering how big an omer was. 
43 eggs. Is that what that is? An ephah, I know, I looked it up. An ephah is about, what, six gallons? An ephah? That's a bushel. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Hey, this has got this one verse has gotten more discussion than all the other verses. We may be missing a point here. I don't know. I'm telling you, it's 44 eggs. It's according to whether it's a large or an extra large. Yeah. <laughs> is it an ostrich egg or a chicken egg? Yeah, that's just, that's, ah. <laughs> How did he live another forty years? No one. I can't. Okay, this is the gospel according to Charles. You can take it or leave it. Moses, I'm going to tell you to go to the top of that mountain, and I'm going to kill you there. And he said, "Thank God. Thank you." God. <laughs> I am so ready to die. <laughs> uh, poor old Moses. You'll hear that a lot from me during this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he finally lost it. He didn't get one chance to lose his temper. Ain't that something? That'll tell you what a preacher goes through. You get one chance, and that's it, buddy. You just spent your money. Get out of here. You just... And he didn't get to go over into the promised land. Okay, here's the whole deal, though. Remember the phrase that God said, I'm doing this to test them. It's the thing to obey my law. Okay, let's fast forward this a little bit. Nobody can obey the law. Nobody. Now, this is the easiest, in my opinion, it's the easiest part of the law. The hardest part of the law is the thinking part, like don't covet. That, to me, that's the hardest thing. Don't think something. Don't, don't have that thought. The easiest part is don't work. To me, now to me that's easy. <laughs> don't do anything. Now, here's the deal. The Pharisees made that something into what it wasn't. They just made it an awful thing, just horrible. But it wasn't that way, you know. It started out, now this is before the law was officially given, but this is, God says, this is my law, the law of the Sabbath. Okay, what, what do we know about now? In the day in which we live, what do we know about the law of the Sabbath? Well, our, our Sabbath is Christ. The Sabbath to begin with was the day when God rested on a completed creation. There was nothing left to do. It wasn't because he was tired. It's because he was done. He was through. There was nothing else to do. So that was Sabbath. Sabbath rest. All of this is a storybook. Uh, one preacher called the law a coloring book. It's like you give people a coloring book so that they can see the illustrations of the reality which is in Christ. So the, the Sabbath in our day is Christ. Christ said what he did on the cross. He said from the cross, it's finished. It's completed. It's accomplished. So the first thing that they have as an official statement with regard to law is rest 
in the Sabbath. I will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. I will do everything for you. You need to just rest in that. That's a pretty easy thing to do. And not in the history of Israel nor in the history of the church have the people of God ever completely accepted that. Just repose in God and let God do everything for you. People just can't do that. They hadn't... This would have been a very easy... So the test was rest in my work. And then he shows them his work. He feeds them. He, they don't do a thing. They don't, they don't go out with nets and catch quail. The quail come to them and just walk around waiting to be get their heads popped off, I guess. And the, like my grandmother used to do chickens. Uh, what do you, you used to call it? Ring, ring, in their, ring their neck. Yeah, ring. Like cranking up something and pop it. Uh, so, you know, that's all, that's all they had to do. And then wake up and as fine as frost. That's interesting. I don't know if you pack that stuff together. and I don't know. But anyway, I'll worry about that tomorrow. Um, the Sabbath is exemplified in the manna and the quails. You don't have to do anything. I'm going to take care of you. Now, they've already been grumbling, already been complaining, but they complained against Yahweh for all that he had done already. And they're not even, I mean, there's still a whole lot more God's going to do for them. But they, they just have to think of themselves, and it's very hard for people to rest in God completely. I got to do something. He can't just save me by grace. I got to add something to that. Surely, you know. I didn't, say the, I didn't say the right prayer. I didn't say the prayer the right way. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Me, me, me. I, I, I. You rest in God. That's where faith starts. You just collapse in the presence of a sovereign, benevolent, loving God who calls you to himself, takes care of you. They had a hard time with that. People still have a hard time with it. So, you know, here's the question. Did they pass? How many times you have to fail a test? Fail. To fail the test. Once, I guess. They failed the test of manna. Um, they failed the test of Sabbath going out. And uh, they gathered too much. Some of them gathered too much manna when they were told not to. Still did it anyway. Then they still went out on the seventh day to gather some more when they were told not to. They didn't find any. They, they didn't pass that one either. So they're getting a bad start. Uh, complaining against Yahweh. But what does Yahweh do? Still takes care of them. <coughs> They're his. He's called them out of Egypt. And so he's going to take care of them uh, regardless of all that they're saying. So that's, that's, the great, that's the great story as it continues here. The care and love of God for his own and how he teaches us that he takes care of us. He, he'll handle it if we'll just... We mess it up when we insert ourselves. We get it all messed up. You know, you remember Peter, for example, objected to Jesus who said, I'm headed down here to die. And Peter said, we'll never let that happen. Get thee behind me, Satan. In that greater context, you know, Jesus asked the question, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? 
you know, they were arguing about who was going to be seated close to him in the kingdom. You know, well, suppose, suppose I give you the world. But you try to keep me from the cross. You might gain the world, but you'll lose your soul. To rest in the Sabbath is what we're called to do. It's a very easy and simple thing. So God also, began, he's already started their calendar year as a nation. And uh, he's already beginning to establish a bureau of standards with an omer and an ephah. Omer and Ephah. It's like Dork and Dorcas, I guess. In the, in the. We're going to stop there, and God willing, we'll pick it up there next time. Let's pray. Father, we marvel at your grace, the beauty of our salvation, and how you have handled everything for us, and how you sustain us even through our times of disobedience. We thank you, Lord, for your love, the grace that you have poured upon us and filled us with in our hearts and these wonderful accounts of how carefully through all of history you have led the story of your redeemed family by family, all the way through to the time of the cross and then even beyond. Help us, Lord, to preach and to teach this wonderful, wonderful account and the good news of Christ to others who are everywhere. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.